0: Welcome to the Sleep Fairy Way podcast. I'm your host, Jessalyn Romney, a baby sleep consultant and a mother of four. I'm here to teach you everything I know about baby sleep, motherhood, postpartum, and more. I'm so happy you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm so excited because my dear, dear friend, Emily Marsh is here today to share her story and her journey with adoption and to give hope to people who are in a similar situation. So Emily, welcome and thank you so much for being here today. It's so good to see you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I always love having opportunities to share and give hope in the world of adoption. So excited to
0: be here. I think I think people need it a lot. Um, do you want to just give a little bit of a background story of you, your life, your family? Just tell us a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, so um, my husband Brad and I have been married for 13 years and uh, about two years into being married, we learned that we were not going to be able to have um, natural biological children. <clears throat> and um, so we have three boys that we – have through the miracle of adoption they are nine seven and five and they are full of energy and personality um so they (laughs) keep us on our toes but they're a lot of fun and um it's just been really cool to see our family grow in a way that we never thought that had never crossed our minds and um anyway so Let's see. We live in American Fork, Utah, and are just living and loving life here. And I'm actually currently expecting through the miracle of embryo adoption, which is
0: another exciting part I'm excited to share today. Yeah, I was supposed to say that, that this early on because you're already making me cry. And <laughs> this, this interview is tricky because like I love Emily so much. We're like such dear friends. And so I have like a very strong emotional connection to this episode. Um, so if I cry throughout it, just don't mind me. It's 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 just been fun to like watch her and her strength through her journey. Um okay let me just kind of take you back to the beginning when you found out cuz I know you I know you've always wanted to be a mom. I know Brad's always wanted to be a dad. So mm-hmm. when you found out that you weren't going to be able to have biological kids, how did you know that adoption was going to be the right thing for you?
1: Um so it all happened rather quickly when we were working through fertility testing um to figure out what our potential options would be. We knew pretty quickly that Um, it wasn't even an option for us to be able to use our own biology to have babies. And so we knew not being parents wasn't an option because because we knew, like you said, it was something we've always wanted. My nickname amongst friends and family was always mom. And it was just we knew that this was going to be an essential part of our lives. um, But it was looking different than we thought. So um before we'd even finished doing testing and we had when we had a pretty good idea of what the results were going to be we um decided to explore adoption and um knew that that would be the only way that we could grow our family so
0: okay that's because i know a lot of people are like surrogacy and they start looking at all these different options but i know that pretty early on like you said you were like adoption is going to be for us so what did that process look like for you how did you even know where to start
1: yeah, so um, it was interesting. We had a lot of people questioning us because we so quickly went to adoption. Um, but first and foremost, I think it's important for you to remember and recognize that this is a decision between you and your spouse, and, um, and you will be guided, like the right thing will happen. And um, so it was, it was pretty clear for us. And it was incredibly overwhelming when we first started to explore the world of adoption. This was back in 2012. Um, when Google searches weren't quite as refined and all those things. And so, um, and I was not familiar with adoption. I only knew a couple of people in my life that had been adopted and I was getting wind of the idea that most adoptions were open and that was a very overwhelming idea. And so as we started to kind of tell friends and family that we were exploring the world of adoption, um, we were feeling a lot of overwhelm. But one thing that we found most helpful was people that were sharing their personal stories. You know, I had a cousin who said, well, there's this, a gal in my ward that has adopted um, four kids. She would I mean, she would love to share her story and help you learn more about the adoption world and that process. And so as I had more of those recommendations from people, that was what kind of opened the floodgates of what our options and possibilities were as far as that goes.
0: Interesting. Okay. So when, when it came time to find, like when you adopted Carter, how did you, A, find his birth mom and B, know like this is going to be the perfect match? Because I'm, I'm assuming that as you're going through the adoption process, there are different options. It's not just like, oh, here's one. We're going to take it. I'm sure there are different options, different birth moms. And how do you know, like, this is it.
1: Yeah, so there were definitely a lot of options. There was foster to adopt. There was international adoption. There was agency adoption. Um, when we first started the adoption process, uh, the church that we're a part of had an organization that we could work through for adoption, um, which made it much easier. But our other two, I'll probably will probably be more valuable to share as far as that process goes because it was comparable in what the process was, but the resources were a little different. Um, So once we knew we wanted to adopt, we learned about all of the legal requirements and we had to to be adoption ready. And that included going to training courses. So at this point in our journey before Carter, we knew we wanted to adopt. And we knew that most adoptions had some level of openness. And that was hard for us to accept and understand um, but we moved forward believing and knowing that the right opportunity would, would come and that we needed to educate ourselves to um, learn if this is going to be a good fit for us. And so um, I remember very specifically one of the training meetings we were required to go to, there was a panel of children that were adopted from ages three to twenty nine and they had different levels of openness in their adoptions and I remember them sharing their experiences of having that open relationship because one one of my number one first fears was how like here I am all I want to be is a mom and I'm having to share that role with someone like this person this you know wonderful birth parent birth mother is going to like my role is going to conflict with hers you know these are all these uneducated thoughts I had, quite honestly.
0: and Which I think are very, very common thoughts. I think that even like until I talked to you, the thought of an open open adoption to me was like, oh my gosh, that would be so hard. So I I just love that you're sharing this. Sorry, keep going.
1: Yes. Um, So um, the thing that was super helpful was them sharing their um, experiences with the openness and learning that your role as their mother was not, was not um, jeopardized by the relationship with a birth mother. They um, talked about how the relationship they had with their birth mom was more of like an aunt or a cousin. Or, and uh, I remember one teenage girl specifically saying, my mom is the person that raised me, that woke up every night, fed me through the night, changed my diapers, taught me to be the person that I am today. My birth mother provided this opportunity for me. And so she had a beautiful respect and love for her birth mom and what and what her birth mother decided to offer her, you know, feeling in her situation that she was inadequate to give what she felt her baby deserved. And so seeing that they she that this teenager had a beautiful relationship, recognizing the value and what her birth mother has to offer her and also the value of her adoptive mother that raised her and loved her and. Has become her own mother um so that was one way that we were able to see that okay this is power in numbers That there's more people that want this child to succeed more people that love this child um and so that was kind of an empowering opportunity for us to feel like okay we can do this this is this is a beautiful thing and it can be an incredible blessing to your life and to theirs for them to have the security and understanding why they were placed for adoption, and knowing that firsthand with that relationship instead of just kind of, why didn't she want me? Why did she give me up? You know, just that more negative terminology.
0: Interesting. So it, it takes a lot of the questions out of it for the child in yes. the long run. Yes. Okay. That's amazing. Because I was one of the questions I was going to ask you is why you chose open versus closed adoption, but that, I think that answers that question. Is there any situation in which you have seen or would recommend a closed adoption?
1: Um, Yeah, so it varies in circumstances. In our adoptions, they've all been privately done. So we've worked with a private lawyer and our own caseworkers and things like that. Um, But um, there's also a lot of times in agencies, opportunities for private adoptions. There are situations where maybe... The parent, the birth parents, have lost custody because of drugs, um, and or different different extenuating circumstances. Um, And I would say that our openness with each of our birth families is is the same in what we're willing to be open with, but what what they want and what um, kind of happens just kind of naturally occurs. But with um, coming back to answering your question. It's more of if you're seeing that the child's um, confidence and personal security is at risk in, in having a relationship, maybe being exposed to things that you wouldn't want a child to be exposed to as far as lifestyle goes, um, or maybe not necessarily close, but more limited where you're doing um, kind of, uh, lack of, for lack of better terms, like a monitored visit where you, there's like either you or a moderator is there during the visit, so they're not necessarily left alone with the parent. We have never been in those situations, but though we've seen that happen quite a bit where there's like a moderator in the visits just to help make sure there isn't any exposure to things that they don't want to be exposed to and things like that. So,
0: Okay, that's so interesting and so, so helpful. I think people who are in this situation and needing to make that decision. Um, Okay, so let's move into the news that you shared earlier so i know with your three boys it was you know adoption open adoption i haven't even asked you with your embryo adoption is this also an open adoption but before we get there can you kind of share a little bit about your journey to get here and i might just mute myself if i'm gonna cry so (laughs) (laughs) yes
1: it has been quite a journey um and so a lot of people are unfamiliar with embryo adoption in fact my the nurse I had an appointment today with our OB's office, and she had never heard of embryo adoption, which surprised me, being a nurse in an in an OB's office. But yeah. anyway, um, so yeah, so I'm really excited to share this part. Um, so back when in 2017, we only had two of our three boys at that point. Um, we were living back east for an internship, and I made a dear dear friend out there who had gone through IVF for um, growing their family, and. She had asked me if I'd ever heard of embryo adoption, and I said, no, what is that? And she said, well, there's families that when they do IVF, they have remaining embryos when they feel their family is complete, and they don't feel comfortable with the idea of disposing of the, of the embryos or donating them for research. So they, you know, they've put so much emotional energy and heart and money and time into these, these sweet little embryos that they want to be able to give them a chance at life. And I was like, oh, whoa, that's really interesting. It was very interesting to me. Um, she said, is that something you'd ever be interested in? And I said, um, not not really. And, and my number one reason why was just because I loved the open relationships that we had with our birth families. I loved that our boys all knew their birth moms and um, that we were able to have a relationship with some of the birth dads and their families. And um, just seeing all of the benefits of that, I just, the idea of, not having that kind of made me sad about the idea of them missing out on that opportunity. And so I just basically kind of said, yeah, it's not really for us kind of thing, but that's a really cool idea. And anyway, years go by. Our third is adopted. Three, three and under for a little while kind of rocked my world. So we had a little break after (laughs) and he was a preemie baby. And so um, we took a little break with growing our family and then we tried to keep going through the traditional adoption process and it just didn't, nothing just ever, we didn't ever gain traction on anything. And so um, we started to try to explore other adopt, other options. And, you know, as we expressed before, our, we there was no way for us to biology, biologically, to conceive any biological children of our own. Um, and so that wasn't an option. Um, and so basically this was kind of our only other option for growing our family. And uh, it just kind of kept re presenting itself. And so we um, started to really try to explore that. And um, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, I was in touch with a dear friend that's a nurse at the fertility center we worked with, and she just spelled it all out for me. And suddenly, it was as quickly as we knew we were supposed to adopt, we just as quickly knew we were supposed to do embryo adoption. It just happened really quick and very clearly, just was very clear that this was what was supposed to happen. But we were still trying to move forward with traditional adoption, trying to just keep those doors open. And um, anyway, through a Q&A we did on our Instagram as we were trying to spread, um, like it was actually during adoption, uh, November, it was during adoption month. And we were doing kind of a Q and A for like people to ask us questions, to get to know us better, to spread the word. And um, an anonymous person had asked if we were still considering embryo adoption. And I shared, or if we had ever considered embryo adoption. And I shared in our Q and A that yes, we actually were openly exploring that option at that point. Um, so long story short, Um, This dear friend of mine that introduced us to the idea of embryo adoption had remaining embryos. and Like from five years
0: ago? From five years ago. mm
1: -hmm, We were only there for a summer and reached out with the sweetest, most heartfelt message of always knowing that we were the family she wanted to have for her embryos. Um, And that was such an honor for her to um express that and to feel that way about us even when we weren't even she knew before we knew that it was what was right for her family and it was just such a beautiful thing and so we graciously accepted those embryos and did all of the legal work and all the paperwork
0: she's making (laughs) me cry again so she's laughing at the tears coming down (laughs) my face i just get chills every time i hear this story
1: oh it's it's a very special one um so we worked through all the legal work and medical things and got those embryos here from back East. And, um, we did a transfer in. <clears throat> we transferred those embryos in February and unfortunately it was unsuccessful. And that was really, really hard. Um, that was one other thing that I was hoping to be able to share here is, you know, you think, you know, infertility, uh, being, a part of the world of infertility for 10, 12 years, you think you're like, Oh, I know this, I understand it. I can understand anyone going through infertility. But um, the loss and devastation of a failed transfer was a totally different experience. It was a very humbling experience for me to recognize and to feel that extreme loss that I never had felt before. And it was really, it was so hard. I, I mean, the way that I cried in mourning was a way that I didn't know I was capable of crying, (laughs) but it was such an incredible opportunity for me to be able to better understand what so many women go through. And I truly, truly am grateful that I had that experience, um, because it has helped me to develop greater empathy and to better understand a whole different world of infertility. So anyway, that was just something that has truly changed my life. So fast forward, um, to over that devastation, mourning that loss and continuing to move forward, knowing that even though that didn't work and everything seemed to line up so perfectly, we knew that wasn't the end of our journey. And so we took that opportunity to grow and to teach our children, the importance of growth and push forward with faith, doing our work. And, um, We were able to connect with someone we'd been in contact with back and forth throughout the year. Um, There was um, a Facebook page. There are Facebook pages. So with embryo adoption, you can do private. You can do open. There's a few different options. Um, And I can get into that as I finish this part of the story. Um, For us, we were obviously very interested in open embryo adoption because we loved the relationship that our kids had with our birth families. We loved the idea of them having Um, a relationship with the embryo family. And so we were able to connect with a family that used the same fertility center as us that lived here in Utah. And as things lined up and miracles happened, we uh, were able to develop a relationship with this family and they offered us their four embryos. And it all happened very quickly, um, the end of March to the beginning of May. And so then we worked through all the legal work and all of um, the medical work to get all of that started, and we did a transfer in July, and we found out end of July that it worked, which was just such a cool, cool thing. I like, it's it still still feels it still feels um, unfamiliar or awkward even to say the words I'm pregnant, and I realize that that's something that's really hard because it's still not an option for a lot of people. And, and I, I say that with so much personal joy, but also reservation, knowing that, that those words can be really, really hard for some, for a lot of people. I know it's even still hard for me. Um, but it has been a beautiful experience and a beautiful journey for us to be where we are. Um, so to kind of further explain the science of embryo adoption, it's, we're adopting these embryos, and they're transferring the embryos as if you were an IVF patient. Um, So they pump you full of hormones. You get shots in your bum every day for 12 weeks and you go a little crazy, but (laughs) it's all been worth it. But um, anyway, to kind of explain a little bit more about the options for embryo adoption, because I want Mm -hmm. people to know about that is, um, so one route that we started going after our failed transfer, um, our fertility center has an anonymous donor Um, list, where there are people that have worked with their fertility center, and they would like to donate their embryos um, to a family, but they have, um, they don't necessarily want to pick who they go to. Um, So there's an anonymous donor program through most fertility centers, they'll have that. And then you can be put on their wait list, And um, you can go through the process of being presented profiles. And the profiles include you know, genetic history, physical characteristics, and things like that of these donor families. Um, So you can pick a fit for your family. And then the way that we connected, like I said, we were on a Facebook page for people that were a part of our church, that were looking for families that were also a part of our church to donate their embryos to. And that's how we were able to connect with our family. Um, Other people, it's through word of mouth, just like regular adoption. Um, So there's a lot of options out there
0: that a lot of people don't know about. And so I think Mm -hmm. this is just going to give a lot of people hope. Do you, this is a question that I haven't asked you. Do you know, I know you don't know right now, but do you know the gender of the embryos and do you choose which one you want to transfer or are you like, I don't want to (laughs) know?
1: So it depends on, for us specifically, we don't know the gender. A lot of times embryos are genetically tested. And so you'll know that the gender before you even adopt the embryos. Ours were from like 2010 ish, if I remember correctly. And so they weren't doing as much of that type of genetic testing back then, if at all, I don't really know. But um, so we do not know that any of the genders I'm going to be going in today to, to hopefully find out tomorrow with our family. Um, so we, it's just kind of, Uh, for lack of better terms, luck of the draw. We'll see. We'll see what (laughs) our future holds. It could be boys and boys and boys and maybe there's a girl in there. I don't know. We'll see. So
0: by the time uh, this episode airs, you will know. So maybe I'll put it in the show notes so people can follow along and find out your journey. Because that's That's so exciting. Okay. Um, Yeah. And like, this is just so like, I mean, you know how much I love you and I love your story and I just appreciate you sharing all of this. It's going to help so many people. I just want to ask one question before we wrap it up. If you could give somebody one piece of advice who is just finding out that they're not going to be able to have children biologically, what would you tell them? Because like you said, I'm sure it's so overwhelming. You're also probably grieving the loss of what you thought your life would look like. And there's just a lot of emotion going on. So what would you tell them?
1: Yeah, um, I would say in concise words, find your people. Um, The most helpful thing for us in both our adoption and embryo adoption journey was talking to people that had had successful experiences. Um, I found it's most helpful to find people in your area that have had successful uh, um, experiences because they will be able to direct you to the exact resources that you need with counseling and direction and readiness. All of that, there's, there's options in every state and there's different laws in different states. And so um, I'm most familiar with Utah because all of our adoptions have been through Utah. And so anyone that's in Utah, I am more than happy to help give you the exact resources we've used through our private adoptions and um, what we did to build profiles so that our birth families could find us. Um, so find your people, find those people that can help you get that information so that you can move forward with a hopeful attitude, um, knowing that there is a lot of
0: success in this journey. Okay. You are amazing. I will, um, if you're listening to this and you are in Utah and want to get in contact with Emily, just reach out to me. I will get you in contact with her. She is like hands down the best resource you can have in all areas of your life, but especially this area. So <laughs> Emily, thank you so, so much for being here today. I appreciate it so much. Of course. If you want to learn more about the resources I have to offer, head to the sleepfairyway.com or follow me on Instagram at the underscore sleep fairy. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next time.